0: The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi. Taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky. Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg.
1: We just came back. uh, Today's Tanya, dedicated, honor Sarah, Akiva Shelley Berger just came back from the her funeral untimely passing and um, one of the early students of the Tanya you can hear her lessons in the early chapters and um, now she went on to her eternal reward and now uh, she's hearing Tanya from Altareva tonight she's hearing Tanya and Altareva himself, whatever you did in this little world, you continue to do in the next life.
2: That's worth the trip. So
1: anyone who spends learning Tanya from the source, from the Altareva, in this uh, world will continue, surely continue, will continue and uh, have a front row seat at the Altareva teaching Tanya. And, um, Lichtik and Shammah be a good to better, a good advocate for all of us, um, putting the good word for all of us up there. And uh, you know, Shelley always had her questions, and so surely she's raising all those good questions above creating a stir, a ruckus and uh, demanding satisfying answers and the best answer is to remove the question. You know, why we're still sitting in exile in Gullus, why? So she's on, on her last, and most important mission. bring the message above that we need Moshiach now and it's no more excuses, it's high time to time to act as now. So with Hashem's help, she'll get the results that we all need and are waiting for. So we are reaching towards the end of letter number 20, which the Altarevi wrote right before his passing. So he was explaining how the godly light penetrates even this physical world, the lowest of all the worlds. A, because the light of the the world of emanation pierces through the curtain, penetrates through the curtain, and reaches into this world. But that only reaches the level of Nishama, which is the godly, which is still considered the divine and godly, the level of Nishama of all the worlds, the three worlds of um, action, formation, and creation. And then we have the light, the all-encompassing light from Adam Kadmon, which um, radiates into all of existence, a radiation of a radiation of a radiation, a reflection of a reflection of a reflection, which reaches down into the, even into all of existence and all beings and all creatures have this divine purpose and the divine plan, and it's all part of this um, all-encompassing light. And then you have the infinite light. Which completely transcends all the worlds, and Hashem, the infinite light, fills all the worlds equally. And that's what he calls "save of Kalam. And Hashem transcends the world, the whole frame of reference of the world. And as he said, like he explained on the top page 398, as we already explained in the Lakutia Marim, in the Tanya, in the first part of the Tanya as this concept is explained, that it doesn't mean that Hashem is transcendent and is removed from this world. On the contrary, the infinite light is present and permeates everything in this world, but it, it, it's is transcendent because we can't sense it and we don't have the tools with which to receive it. And that's where we left off. And now he's going to explain And although he said that the infinite light is present in all the worlds and the very essence and nature of the infinite is found in every aspect of existence, but it doesn't mean that the infinite light is invested, is enclosed in everything that exists, Because it's infinite. And we are finite. So the energy that we have, this infinite energy that we have within us, remains infinite. It's not an energy that's compartmentalized or an energy that could be contained or an energy that's vested in the clothes or vested in in the created being. It's transcendent. It's infinite. And it retains its infinite nature and essence.
0: Where it says that Hashem fills the world, is that part of this concept or not? Yes,
1: animally, I, Hashem, fill the world. In other words, that the Tzimtzum. But
0: that's the Soviet.
1: That's the savior, That's the Infinite Light. That the Tzimtzum is not literal. The Tzimtzum, the contraction, is not literal. The Tzimtzum did not affect. The Infinite Light remains after the Tzimtzum, just like it was before the Tzimtzum. After the contraction, the Great Contraction, like before the Great Contraction, the Infinite Light remains in this place, in this space of this world and the whole universe, Hashem's infinite light remains. Just like Hashem's infinite light was present before the Timtum. So even after the Timtum, the essence of Hashem's light is here in its full glory. Just, it's concealed from us. The Tzimtzum affects that we don't feel it and we don't sense it. And what did the Tzimtzum accomplish? says, the Timtum accomplish? as he's going to explain now, that the, the light, after the Tzimtzum, there was a little ray of light, like a beam of light, a ray of light. We're just using physical metaphors to describe something that's not physical, but the idea that was this infinite light, and then Hashem created a space, and then within this space, where now the infinite light is, there's a Tzimtzum, we, we're not conscious of the infinite light, we can't sense the infinite light, so Hashem emanated from Himself a ray, a ray of light a ray from this infinite light but only a ray like a beam and then further contractions and then this ray and then a ray of this ray and a ray of this ray is this is the energy that's compartmentalized and has become vested in every created being because everything that exists has a unique energy that's customized it's not this General energy, it's the same energy and that's flowing through everything, creates everything. There is a customized energy. <coughs> Just like every one of us has our own unique flavor, our own unique personality, our own unique character, we have our own unique name. Everything in this world that exists has a Hebrew name, has a un- its own unique characteristic traits, and its own personality because the energy is unique. The divine energy is custom made and is compartmentalized and is, is vested and fits the created being. So this can't be the infinite light because the infinite light is infinite. The infinite light retains its infinite essence. So it's only... Th- that's, that was, that's the accomplishment of the Timtum. The Timtum accomplishes that it takes this light and the light that, that uh, comes through the Tsimtzum is a glimmer of the infinite light, a glimmer of a glimmer, and this light is able to invest itself and is able to become invested and compartmentalized and unique and matches and fits the created being.
0: So is it the light that conveys the life-giving force?
1: Well, it's the tzimtzum, which is, as you're going to explain, this is the, the vessel. So the vessels, it's the combination. It's the light. And he's going back to where he started in the beginning of the letter. It's the light. When the light goes through, it's channeled through the letters, through the vessels, through the symptom. What is the symptom? The symptom brings out the letters. Before the symptom, the letters were there. When you come up with words and letters that contain an idea, that convey a concept, before you had these words and letters, you had the raw idea, the raw concept. You don't yet have the words to articulate it, to explain it. Those words are there. Then you come up with the words. Where were those words all along? You didn't you didn't find the words in thin air. They didn't come up out of thin air. They came from within you. But while they're within you, they were completely unnoticeable, even for yourself. They were non-existent. They were there, but they were like, non-existent. But then... When you search for the letters, when you search for the words, when you remove yourself and put yourself in the mind of the student, to the mind you want to communicate with, and you have to come up with words, and you come up with these words, so what the tzimtzum does is, the tzimtzum, by removing the infinite light, allows the words to emerge, the words and letters, which were there, but it allows it to emerge and to surface. And once the words and letters emerge and surface with the words and letters, which is Hashem's ability to limit Himself, so the words and letters channel the energy. And then the energy that comes through the words and letters are not the same energy that was before. Something happens in the energy. Now it becomes an energy that fills the world, that could be invested in a very finite and limited being and could invest it. So the the energy becomes a unique energy for every for the specific created being that is creating and bringing and sustaining. So this could only come about through the light, the glimmer of the light, the kav, the beam, which is a reflection of the infant. And then a reflection of this beam, which can then be invested in the vessels, in the letters. And then when that light is channeled through the vessels and through the letters and the multitude of the letters, so all those channelings, all those different, different channeling of the energy creates all those unique energies, that all those very specific beings. That's the mali part. The mali part is the letters and the channeling and the sa'iviv the is the source. That's the energy, the source of the energy. Where does this energy come from? The source, the energy comes from the infinite. Because like he said earlier, it's only the infinite, which reflects Hashem's essence, has the ability to create. That's why it's infinite, it's godly, it's divine. So it has the ability to create. But in order to create something from nothing, in order to create a finite entity, a finite being, if it remains infinite, it can't create a finite being. How do you get from infinite to finite? So it's only when the infinite is channeled through the energy, the letters, the tzimtzum, which brings the, allows the words and letters to emerge, and then the energy is channeled through the words and letters, which is Hashem's ability to limit himself, then you get the mamalikalaman. Then you get Hashem fills all the ones. So it's the combination of the two. It's the energy which is connected to the infinite. And the infinite remains infinite. And the infinite permeates all of existence. And so it's constantly connected to the infinite. And then through the tzimtzum, Hashem's ability to limit Himself comes to the forefront, emerges, so to speak. And therefore, then, when a glimmer of this infinite light is channeled through this ability to limit through the letters and words then you get the unique energy that creates and sustains all the differentiated beings that exist that creates this world, this multi pluralistic and multi variated world which has such a variety and so many species, even in one type there's so many species and so many different types of gems and stones and plants and It's almost like an infinite variety and each one is unique and each one has its own unique personality and character and and characteristic traits and each one has its own unique name because it has its own unique energy. It's not like the same energy that's flowing through all of them. No. As a result of the letters and the tzimtzum and the words, the energy is channeled and the energy is compartmentalized and the energy becomes unique to that created being. Just like in the body. Every organ has its own unique energy. In addition to the general energy, that every cell is alive, all hundred trillion cells are equally alive, every organ in the body has its own unique energy. The brain has mental energy. Intellectual capacity of the soul, which is invested and enclosed in the brain. The heart, besides the heart being alive, which that it cheers with every other part of the body they're equally alive from the toenail to the heart, they're alive but the in addition, the heart has unique energy it contains the energy of the soul, of emotions, of feeling of love, of, of, of feeling and that's invested in the heart so too, this is what we call mamalik Hashem fills all the world. So the energy to create this comes from the infinite. But if it was just the infinite, the infinite remains infinite. There is no symptoms. How do you end up from the infinite with all these finite beings, with this whole finite limited world? Because it's through the Tzimtzum and through the words and letters that's a result of the Tzimtzum. And then a glimmer of this light is, vested, is channeled through the letters. This energy that we receive, this channeled energy is an energy that could be vested and could be matches and is unique to the being that it creates. So everything in this world has a unique energy so it's the combination between the seva of kalham and malakham between the light and the vessels that the result is the world and existence and creation so we have the creative energy which is godly and divine and infinite but this creative energy is channeled through the vessels and the letters and the words and the names the hebrew names That explains how we have the paradox. We have the miracle of creation, which is an expression of the infinite. But this creative energy creates a finite world with finite beings. So it's divine, it's infinite, and it's finite at the same time. Which explains why the whole combination of body and soul is a paradox, is a wonder of wonders. It's two opposites. Soul, matter, and energy. How do you combine the two? Body and soul become one and inseparable. You don't know where the body ends and the soul begins. The body hurts, the soul feels the pain. You cut your finger, the soul is in pain. The soul is anguish, it immediately affects the body. Small hole. They're indistinguishable, inseparable. How do do they become combined? Body-mind connection, one affects the other. How do you combine these two opposites? Only Hashem, who's infinite, paradoxical, could, could combine paradoxes. Merge the infinite and the finite. So this is a merger. Creation is really a merger between the infinite and the finite. Only Hashem could bring body and soul to them. So it's the ultimate merger between the infinite, which gives the ability to create, but it's the infinite then being cha- channeled into the finite, to create a finite world of the infinite.
2: As to the presence in the world, to the very essence and nature of the infinite, I am so flight. This is not by way of an extension and investment of the life force, thereby <coughs> animating them and bringing them into being from Ayin to Yesh. For even creation ex nihilo, though it involves a concealed power of the Ein Sof light, is by definition an act of revelation and expansion that takes place by means of the Sefirot and the spiritual levels that draw down and reveal this concealed power. This cannot result directly from the essence of the Ein Sof light. That it's utterly concealed within creation.
1: So although there is no Timtum, and Timtum is not literally, and Hashem's infinite presence is present, just like it was before the Timtum, there is no change. But since it's completely hidden and concealed from us, we don't sense it, we, don't, we can't feel it, we, can't, we don't have the tools with which even to receive it. So it's right in front of us, and yet we're completely oblivious to it. So how can it create us? Creation is a a revelation, it's an act of revelation. How could this energy, since it's completely hidden and concealed from us, we can't even grasp it, we don't even know it exists. How could it create us? Creation has to be a revelation. It creates us and brings us into being, and it reveals, it's a revelation. So, there can't be a revelation if the infinite is completely hidden. So where does this power to create, where does it come from?
2: Rather, this this extension of life force and creative power emanates only by means of a radiation from the radiation of the radiation, etc. from the kav, as discussed above.
1: The reflection of a reflection of a reflection of the original light. So by the time it gets it's like a ch- ch- projecting a three-dimensional or four-dimensional reality, a five-dimensional reality, and a two-dimensional surface. So, of course, you're getting a projection of a projection of a projection. But nevertheless, it's still, it's ultimately, it's still a reflection of the original, original light. So this light could be revealed to us. This limited, limited light that's been... That's been spawned off. A reflection of a reflection of a reflection, a projection, of a projection, of a projection. That we can handle. That's a revelation that we can handle. That's something that we can sense. We sense the energy. That's something that we can sense. We sense our existence. So this is so this is the the, uh, the revelation which comes from the a very diminished a pale reflection, a reflection of a reflection of a reflection of the original. That we can handle. That could be revealed to us. That we can receive, consciously receive. And that's the creative energy, the creative force. It creates, it reveals. It brings into
0: existence. Also from the transcendent Ein Self Light that encircles and encompasses the four worlds, at Silu, Maria, Sira, and uniformly, there is a radiation to the inner cow by way of the, of the calum of the 10th of Berea Eternat The calum then encompass and transcend the light that is vested within them. By its radiation within the calum, it endows them with power and strength to create yesh from iron. It has already been explained that the creation of the respective beings, of each of the four worlds comes about through the kalam of the sphero of that particular world. Their ability to create yesh from ayin, which can come about only from the essence of the Ein Sof light that encompasses all worlds, results from the radiation of the encompassing light within them. Now, because creation takes place by means of the kalem, which are finite and diverse, and the infinite light radiates within, within and through them, Created beings are numerous and diverse, limited and finite, especially since the divine radiation which brought them into being is revealed by means of the letters, as explained above, for these letters of speech are even more finite and more diverse than the kalim. To summarize, both the indwelling aspect, the Kav and the transcendent encompassing aspect of the infinite Sof light. Are present not only within the spirit and the Shama, Nefeshuah and the Kalin each of the worlds, but also within all created beings of these worlds. The difference lies only in the degree of manifestation, whether it be a radiation, a radiation of a radiation, or a radiation of a radiation of a radiation.
1: Okay, so till now, he explained that that it's the all-encompassing light where Hashem's infinite light is present, equally present, in the heavens above and the earth below. And it's this presence that gives strength in the vessels. As this presence and this light is channeled through the vessel, it gives strength into the vessel to create. So it's the combination of this all-encompassing light and the vessels that gives birth, and um, creates all that exists. But now he's going to add, and this goes back to the theme that he started in the beginning of the letter. Till now he was explaining that Hashem's energy, the divine energy is found equally in all that exists, even in the lowest levels. Not only is it not limited to the world of emanation, it's not even limited to the neshama, the soul of the of the 10th sefirot, of the world of creation, the world of formation, the world of action. But it's even manifest in the levels of nefesh, the lower levels, which are not divine, in the vessels of the worlds, and even in the, all of existence. Everything has a godly spark. Everything has a, some of that divine energy. Because Hashem is equally manifest and is all-encompassing and is equally manifest in all of creation. But now he's adding something new, and that's the revolution of this letter. And this radically changes how we look at this world, it completely transforms our whole perspective on this world. And realizing that this world... is not the lowest of all the worlds. Precisely because it's the lowest of all the worlds, that's why it's rooted in the highest, in the very essence of Hashem. What do we see in this world that's so unique? And in the lowest part of this world. What's the lowest part of this world? This world is divided in um, human life, different forms of life, human life and, and animal life and plant life, organic life. And then you have the lowest level, inorganic, the earth. When you burn something, everything is reduced back to the ashes, the earth, the lowest level. So a, it's interesting at the lowest level, it's indestructible. The earth is indestructible. The ashes remain. You burn everything away, all the other elements, gas, everything has all the four elements, gas and energy and and. And water and moistness. But what remains at the end of the day? The earth. Indestructible. That's the earth, level of earth. But besides that, we find something unique in the earth that we don't find in anything else that exists, not even in the heavens. And that is the ability to create, the ability to regenerate, renewable energy, the the ability to renew. It's inexhaustible. It's like creating something from nothing. You put a, you plant a seed in the ground. If you plant a seed in your table and you water it, and you let the sun shine, nothing happens. Bury the seed in the ground, plow, bury the seed in the ground and water it, and you see the miracle of creation. From this little tiny seed sprouts this beautiful tree. Uh, where, where did he, how did he get from this little seed to this tree? It's the ability that Hashem placed in the earth, the ability to regenerate, inexhaustible, inexhaustible ability to create. Whatever you put into the ground, it will grow and grow exponentially. So where do you find this power to create? Only in the lowest, only in the earth. So here you see that it's not only that Hashem is also present in this world. Until now he was explaining based on the Kabbalah and based on that Hashem is also present in this world. If you look hard and you look deep, you will find Hashem everywhere. If you open your eyes and open your heart, open your mind, you'll find Hashem even in the lowest of the worlds and even here. Hashem is equally present all over. Now he's saying more so. That's the revolution of this letter that Hashem is only found in this world. You can't find Him above. Where does the, the pow- Only Hashem has the power to create. Who did He give that power to? Not to the angels, not in the heavens, not in the heaven of heavens. That power is only found here in this world and in the physical and in the lowest, in the earth, the ability to create. It's the lowest that's rooted in the highest. It's the end that's rooted in Hashem that has no beginning. Where do you see that part of Hashem, that asterisk of Hashem, that Hashem is infinite, that you can see in all, all creation. If you truly open your eyes and open your mind, you can see the miracle of creation. Creation itself is the greatest miracle. So you see Hashem's ability. You see the infinite. You can sense the infinite. But where could you sense? Not that Hashem is infinite, but Hashem has no beginning. Which what makes God truly God. Because everything other than the essence of Hashem has a beginning. Even the infinite light, Hashem's infinite light, has a beginning. Hashem. So His light, His reflection, reflects Hashem and is infinite. But it has a beginning. Only Hashem has no beginning. Only Hashem is beyond anything we can ever comprehend or understand. We don't even know what it means not to have a beginning. where is that essence of Hashem revealed? Where do you see that that aspect of no beginning? Only in this world. Because we have the ability to create. To start something. Only Hashem has the ability to create something from nothing. Only Hashem who has no beginning could create a beginning. And who did He vest that power to? To us. In the physical world. And in the earth. In the earth. The the, the power of earth. Everyone tramples on the earth. That's why the Jewish people are compared to earth. Everyone tramples on the earth. But you don't realize. The depth of the earth. The power of the earth. Renewable energy. The power of the earth. The infinite depth that Hashem placed. All the jewels. All the jewels and gold and silver and diamonds and minerals and Hashem placed all of his treasures in the earth. Everyone tramples on, no one appreciates. And that's why Hashem tells Adam, You come from earth and you will return to the earth. You will return to the dust, return to the earth. The Shemtiv said before he passed away that he could have gone up to heaven, just like Elijah the prophet went to heaven. Never died body went straight the body dematerialized and went and became spiritual Hashem had that power to transition his body and just go to heaven and join heaven without having to die and to be buried but he said he wanted to go through it says in the Torah God tells Adam you come from earth and you return to earth he wanted to be buried to go through that process. Because earth, this earth is the greatest revelation of the essence of Hashem. This ability in this earth to create, the ability to create, to regenerate, and it's inexhaustible. You can recreate and create and create and can just continue creating forever and ever. Of course, you have to treat it properly and you have to do what you have to do, but the earth has that ability to create. That comes directly from Hashem. So the essence of Hashem, which is expressed in His ability to create, because only Hashem who has no beginning has the ability to create a beginning. Where is that essence of Hashem revealed? Only in the earth, only in this world. So the angels in heaven, they don't know what God looks like. The soul has the journey in this world, to this world, in the body, to come face to face for the first time, to come face to face with the essence of Hashem. You know, we don't appreciate the opportunity that we have. You know, if someone dropped you off in uh, Bergman Sachs, what, what are these expensive stores?
2: Bergdorf Goodman. Bergdorf,
1: Bergdorf Goodman. Excuse my ignorance. I'm not
0: shopping
1: every day. (laughs) They said, Yeah, 24 hours, 24 hours to take whatever you want. One person says, What's the rush? Let me sleep a few hours, let me eat first, let me grab a falafel. (laughs) He misses the opportunity. Another person says, Oh, well, a watch I already have, I don't know, okay, I'll take. okay I see something nice I'll take one or two or three items another person from moment one are you kidding me 24 hours he brings suitcases he can't grab enough he's packing and packing away and emptying the shelves what more can I get this world Hashem led us into his treasure this is his treasure he says I'm giving you 24 hours I'm giving you 70 80 years 120 years take whatever you want (laughs) grab with both hands Fill every packet you have. So one person is asleep. What? <laughs> Wake up the shoal, ay, 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 Do a mitzvah. Another person, okay. I'll do a mitzvah here. I'll do a tiny little mitzvah there. Another. Are you kidding me? Love me. Grab whatever opportunity I have. So this revolutionizes your way of looking at this world. This is Hashem's treasure place. This is the world where we encounter the essence of Hashem. This is where we come face to face with Hashem. This is the holiest of all the worlds. This is the greatest opportunity, ripe with opportunity, ripe with potential. This is the ultimate revelation of Hashem's essence. Only in this physical world, in the physical, through the deed, in the earth, in the action, in the body, through the physical.
2: This is a world of
1: opportunity. Instead of looking at this world, the classical way, the way most people look at this world, and most religions, and
2: most religious
1: reasons. as a dark place, as a negative place, as a hellhole, <laughs> as a place filled with potholes and obstacles and obstacle course and heartache. and you read this letter from the Alter Rebbe, and the Rebbe is painting us a whole different picture. It's a different world. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You look at Earth, huh? Earth. What do I see? It's earth? You know what Earth is? Earth has the power to create. You know what kind of miracle it is. No other element has that power. All the elements that are above Earth don't have that power. The heavens don't have that power. The heaven of heavens don't have that power. Where, did Hash- where does Hashem reveal that ability? That infinite ability to infinitely regenerate and create and only in the Earth and the lowest, the lowest of the lowest the lowest element, the most tangible physical and there you see the greatest miracle we are looking at this world the wrong way we have to remove our glasses and put on Altareba's glasses and look at this world and say this is astonishing this is a miracle this is so beautiful, this is Thank you, Hashem, for giving us this opportunity. We should grab both fists, <laughs> as many mitzvahs as possible, use every moment, utilize every opportunity. A rich person doesn't waste a single opportunity. There's a richer Drew in Crown Heights, and he, w- he went to the mikveh, and he found a quarter in the mikveh. He says, you know... I can tell that no rich, and it was lying on the floor. Like I said, I can tell that no rich person went to the Mikvia today. He picked it up. He's the billionaire of Kranites, but that's the definition of a rich person. You don't waste opportunities. He looks at that quarter, if I invest this quarter and reinvest the dividend, how much money I can make. In 50 years, this quarter will be worth, be worth $1,000. You know, Only the poor person throws away opportunities. Ah, it's only a dollar, it's only this. A rich person, that's why he's rich. Because he looks at everything. Looks, at I don't see it now. I see in the future. I see the opportunity. I see what it, the potential. I don't waste any opportunity. I don't waste any money. And I don't lose any money. And I don't lose waste any any opportunity. To. To grow richer and to. So. When you realize the potential that we have and the opportunities that we have, and the what we're dealing with. Earth, you show a a geologist a piece of earth, you know, what he sees in that earth. We see mud. What does a geologist see in the earth? He sees treasures, diamonds, gold, silver, copper, all these minerals. He sees so much opportunity. Earth is the ultimate miracle. This piece of earth is so alive. Everyone steps on it, but it's so alive, so the greatest, most astonishing miracle of all you'll find in the earth—miracle of creation. Only God has the power to create, and who did He invest it? To? Where did He invest that power and reveal that power on the earth, in the lowest of the lowest of the low? That everyone tramples on, and ignores, and doesn't appreciate. So this world, which is the lowest of all the worlds, or all religions say, quit while you're behind, and this world is so full of folly, and this world is so absurd and ridiculous, and full of, riddled with lies, and Judaism says, no, this world, which is the lowest of all the world, is the greatest, is the highest, is the holiest, is ripe with potential. This is where Hashem reveals His essence. This is where we encounter Hashem. This is where we come face to face with the essence of Hashem. When a person lived a Jewish life, you go back into the earth. You go back to the earth where you came from. It all started with earth. It all ends with earth. And it's all about the earth. It's all about the earthy. It's all about the physical. It's all about the divine energy that's in the earth. And what's the divine energy that's in the earth? The essence of Hashem. The rest of creation reveals a ray of Hashem, a glimmer of Hashem, a ray of a ray of a ray, a glimmer of a glimmer of a glimmer, a projection of a projection of a projection, a reflection a of reflection, a reflection. But you're looking for the essence of Hashem. You're only going to find it in the earth, in the physical, in this life, in this world, the body, the soul in a body, physically doing the mitzvah, doing the good deed, this is where you touch the divine this is where you touch the essence of Hashem when the Hasidim read this letter it it completely blew them away This, this completely transformed how they looked at the body how they looked at this world and looked at this it opened our eyes suddenly it became we started looking at this world the way Hashem looks at this world Hashem looks at this world it's a different world it's a, it's a potential garden of Eden. A place of delight. Hashem's delight. Hashem's pleasure. Hashem's home. A place where Hashem says, here is where I feel at home. This is where my essence is invested in. This is my investment. This is where it's at. This is where all the riches are. These are all. This is what generates all the dividends. This is it. While everyone else is focused on the sublime and the heavenly and the Says, are you kidding me? This is this is. Don't get distracted. This, this is where it's at. Physical, the tangible, the material, the deed, the actual
3: deed, the mitzvah. Furthermore, in addition to all that was mentioned above, the radiation of the radiation of the radiation which descends into a created being utterly concealed, being then neither the ma'hu nor the Mitsi of divinity, and nevertheless containing both the inner illumination of the cob and the encompassing light and all of the, the above, that is, the manner in which both the, those, these levels of illumination ultimately radiate within created being, demonstrates its power and ability in, in as much as it is a godly radiation descending from mahout of its seaweed and the element of the physical earth in an immense manifestation, surpassing that of the elements, fire, air, and water, that transcended and even the heavenly earth hosts. For they do not have it in their power and ability to constantly bring forth something from nothing, yesh may ayin, like the element of earth that constantly makes something sprout from nothing, namely the herbs and the trees that constantly grow from the earth's vegetative power. Even those plants that result from sowing and planting are produced in a manner that resembles where the seed or seedling disintegrates and serves merely to arouse the vegetative power. As for the mazel, the individual angel of destiny that strikes each herb and says grow, our sages teach that there is no blade of grass below below that does not have a mazel above that strikes it and says to it grow. Would it not seem then that in addition to the earth's vegetative power, there is another factor in growth? This takes place only after the plant has already sprouted. Once the plant exists as a creative en- entity, it merely has to grow taller. The tree has to produce fruit within a certain ta- with a certain taste, and so on. And these stages relate to the mazel. The mazel does not tell it to sprout ex nihilo into substantiality, but only to grow from being small to being large or to bear fruit of its own particular species. In Orhat the temethetic explains that the mazel sends forth an arousal to the power of growth that is found within the grass or tree causing it to grow. The basic cause of growth, however, lies in the above-mentioned vegetative power. Elsewhere, the temethetic explains that the above-quoted smiting means that the mazel illumines the particular grass or, uh, or tree with which it is connected, causing it to be drawn to its source and hence to grow even larger.
1: So the growth is exclusive to the earth. The earth has the ability to, to create and to generate and to create almost something from nothing. As I'll explain, from this little tiny seed, how do you get, and whatever seed you put into the ground, you'll get, it has the ability to grow and to grow again. And, but the mazel, once it already comes into existence, and the mazel awakens... Within the grass, within the grass awakens um, this power to grow, which the grass received from the earth. So it, it, it like amplifies it. It amplifies its ability. So it grows taller and it grows juicier. And so yes, every blade of grass has a heavenly uh, angel that's telling it to grow. And it has a heavenly influence, a spiritual influence. But that's an influence that only enhances, amplifies, but the core, the, the, the uh, creation of the grass, and, and that really comes from the ground. That comes from the earth. Um, it could be fine-tuned and it could be amplified through the heavenly influences, but, but the creation, heaven, can create. Angels don't have that power to create. Creation does not come from heaven. Creation comes from below. It's only found below. And Below, in the lowest, in the, in, in the earth. Or he says that everything in this world also has a source, a spiritual source. So when the heavenly influence illuminates that particular grass, so the grass grows taller, wants to get closer to its source. He says it wants to grow taller, to get closer to its heaven, get closer to its spiritual source. You know, it yearns to connect to its source, so therefore it grows taller and taller. Um, so it elevates it up. But the growth itself, the grass is rooted in the ground. It all comes from the ground. Growth could only come from the ground. If you disconnect it from the ground, the grass will stop growing. All the angels can sink from today till tomorrow. But if you uproot it, if there's no root four firm roots. If it's not firmly rooted in the ground, and the deeper it's rooted in the ground, the more the tree will grow as well. Because it's all about the roots. It's all about the earth. It's, the earth has the power to create and to, and to generate. Once you're rooted then the influences, the heavenly influences could cause it to grow taller, could amplify it. But the, uh, the miracle of, of the creation, that comes from the earth. And that's why the Talmud says that um, there are four, six orders of the Mishnah. And the Talmud says, based on a verse, and each word in that verse corresponds to a different order of the Mishnah. So the first word is emunah, faith. So the Talmud says emunah, faith, corresponds to the first order, which is the order of Zeroyim, which is agriculture. The very first order of the Mishnah this is all about agriculture. The laws of Trumma and Peya, the land of Israel. And it's very puzzling. If anything you would associate Emunah with which order? Out of the six orders. Maybe the order of holidays, which all have to do with faith, affirming our faith in Hashem, all the miracles, the holidays that we celebrate, Pesach. Or the uh, purity, which is also based on faith. It's not scientific. Scientists in the laboratory, not the... Isn't, he can't tell the difference if something is pure or impure it's not going to show up in the laboratory no test can tell this, this is pure or impure it's completely intangible it's spiritual so it's based on faith or kachim holiness that this animal is consecrated and this animal becomes holy a uh, holy cow a holy, or holy uh, bull a holy sheep again this is all based on faith agriculture what does agriculture have to do with faith it's the most natural thing in the world Everyone in the world does it. Okay, maybe Jews do it a little better. <laughs> Israel is teaching the whole world the, the, the secrets of agriculture to do with very little water and preserve water. And Israel is the only country in the world that's not suffering from any water limitation. Like Andrew, they have a surplus of water. They started out with the least water and they have the least resources and now Israel has a surplus of water. And thank God this week in Israel they're blessed with rain. There's so much rain. But besides that, they have the surplus with water and now there's... Um, teaching the whole world how to, how to, how to. Um, so, what does agriculture have to do with faith? It's the Most natural thing in the world. You go to work, you plow the field, you plant your seed, and things grow. Faith. What a choice! Why would the pasach, Why would the rabbis choose faith of all the orders associated with the order of agriculture? And this gets to the essence of a Jew. What makes us Jewish is we have the Jewish faith. We see in the most common, and the most natural, we see the most astonishing thing. Everyone looks at agriculture and sees nature. A Jew looks at agriculture and sees the most astonishing miracle. Are you telling me this is natural? You take a little tiny seed and you put the seed in the ground and from this little tiny seed, I'm going to grow stalks of wheat that has so many seeds, thousands of seeds, hundreds of seeds, from this little tiny. How did they get from this one little tiny seed, which, by the way, first has to in the ground, <laughs> so there's nothing even left of that seed. And then from this seed will sprout these stalks, and especially an orchard, a fruit tree, from this little seed, you got this huge, gigantic tree with a trunk and branches and leaves and fruits, and each fruit has, has, has pits and which you can plant further, further trees and add in from that, From this little tiny. So everyone else looks at it, doesn't even give it a second thought. It's the most natural thing in the world. Of course, you plow, you plow, and it grows and finish. A Jew looks at that. That's faith. You look at that seemingly natural event, and a Jew is just astounded. And is astonished and sees not only a miracle, the greatest miracle, the act of creation. This is nothing short of a creation, a miracle of creation. It's almost something from nothing. I put in something into the ground, it rots, and from this something nothing comes this this, this, this where, where exactly? How did this happen? It's the ultimate expression of Hashem's creative ability. Only God has the power to create something from nothing. And He placed it in the earth. And a drew who is compared to the earth, has the power to be astonished by it and to see it and to realize the miracle. That's why the Torah says also, honor your parents. It's in the Ten Commandments. And it's right there, right up there with the first five. Five and five. The first five which are the missile between man and God. Shouldn't it be universal, honoring your parents? It's not, it's not one of the seven Noahide laws. Yes, the universal theme of the laws is you should be a mensch, you should be a mensch So Obviously, it goes without saying that you have to be grateful and thankful to your parents who raised you, but it's not a special mitzvah. Here, the Torah made a special mitzvah, one of the Ten Commandments, and one of the first five. Because again, what everyone else, this is what distinguishes the Jew, this is what characterizes the Jew. What everyone else looks at and sees as something natural, Hey, husband and wife fell in love and they were intimate, and then as a result, you have a child. Okay, I mean, it's the most natural thing in the world. Who thinks twice about it? What does a Jew see in this? A Jew sees the greatest miracle, the most astonishing miracle the ability to create something from nothing. Angels don't have the ability. You don't find it in the heavens, you don't find it in the heaven of heavens. It's only in this physical world. Two bodies physically come together, intimacy and love, and they partner with Hashem, Hashem gave them the ability to create something from nothing. A Jew sees in this the Divine. That's why it directly connects us with the Divine. A Jew looks at the whole parent-child relationship and he sees, immediately we see Hashem, we sense Hashem. We sense Hashem, no one else senses But a Jew immediately sentences Hashem. This is divine. This is miraculous. This is astonishing, astounding. This is godly. Because a Jew is so plugged in and connected, because we have a piece of the divine essence, therefore we see the godly in everything. We look at earth and we say, wow. And look how many mitzvot are associated with earth. For a Jew, there's so many mitzvot in the Holy Land of Israel. Who calls land holy? Eret hakodesh. It's land, it's earth. No one associates holiness with land, earthiness. And yet for a Jew, Eretz, land, becomes a kodesh, the holy land. The land is holy. And you have all the mitzvot associated with the holiness of the land, the mitzvot of the produce and the yield and the truma and the miser and the bikurim, etc. This is what's uniquely Jewish. This is what's so unique about the Jewish people. Because when you're so plugged in, you're so connected, and you have that clarity. Not because of anything that we've done. Not because of anything that, we, that we've accomplished. Because Hashem chose us and gave us a piece of Himself. And therefore we just have that connection. We just see it. No one else sees it. And we see it. You look at earth. Wow. This is astonishing. This is faith. Agriculture is faith. It's the greatest miracle. We're astounded and astonished by this miracle creation parent childhood to us this is divine this is godly this connects us directly with Hashem and where is this found where is this expressed where do you notice it in the earth it's easy it's one thing for the angels to be sublime a Jew is superior to an angel It's easy to be sublime and to be spiritual and to be meditative and to be in heaven. Where do you see what's real and what's not real? Where do you see where it really is at? It's when it comes to the earth. When the soul is in the body and we're living in this world with our feet firmly planted in this world. And yet, to us, wherever we turn, we see godliness, we see the divine, we see Hashem. We find Hashem. We touch Hashem. We touch the divine. We do the mitzvah. We do the mitzvah. This this is essence. This is This is the hardcore. This is the real deal. This is where it's at. This is where you should invest. <laughs> this is this is everything else is periphery. Everything else is people get so distracted with the periphery that they forget the point. They forget where it really is at. That the is reminding us right before he passes away. Remember, this is where the action is. This is where it's at. This is where Hashem is found. This is where you confront and you come face to face and you contact the essence of Hashem. Make the most of it. Appreciate it. Live, live it up. Utilize every moment. Utilize every opportunity. Take advantage of every moment. Don't quetch. Don't complain. Be joyful, thankful, grateful.
0: Thank Hashem for this opportunity. This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com.